CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman podcast. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and I am so excited for the episode we have today because I think sometimes in our head, we feel like there is this conventional path to entrepreneurship. We feel like something has to happen or we have to be in the right place at the right time, born in the right family to really have success as a business owner. But our guest here today is here to prove that that is not the case. You can come from any background, have any experience, and really are able to pull yourself up into being a successful business owner. So I am so excited and honored to welcome Paige Vandy to the show today. Paige Vandy is an online business coach geared towards helping women grow and scale majorly successful six-figure online health and fitness businesses. From being kidnapped in Las Vegas, forced to live outside in Utah's wilderness for two months, sent to a therapeutic boarding school, which is now part of a child abuse scandal, and spiraling into drugs and alcohol in her early 20s, she is probably not what we have would have expected in her head to be an incredibly successful entrepreneur. But Paige has used repetitive resilience and best self-embodiment to take back control build two multiple six-figure online coaching companies, and help other women do the same. She combined proven strategy and best self-embodiment to help you take control of your situation and build a life you love. Paige, I am so excited to welcome you to the show today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I would love for you to just go into a little bit. I know I just shared like a Cliff Notes version of your background, and there is so, so much there, but give us the Cliff Notes version on what you grew up with, what these experiences were, and like very quickly, how you got to where you were today. Okay, let's do, I, yeah, I'm like, let's do the quick version because I can go on for hours on this. It is absolutely wild. So yes, you did such a good job at explaining what I kind of went through and how I came to be. And so for me, when I grew up, I had a very normal upbringing. My parents had very normal jobs. I lived in a very, I don't know, mid-level, what you want to call it, kind of family. Like we had everything we needed. Everything was great. When I turned, became a teenager, that's kind of when things went downhill for me. My parents, my dad, to give you some background, was a prison guard and very high up in the prison. And so you can kind of imagine the types of parenting tactics that he had with me. It was very like, you come home in a certain time. You don't do this. You don't do that. If you do this, you are in so much trouble. I remember coming home from parties and him actually taking a swab from the prison and zip like swabbing my zippers to make sure I didn't have any smoke or drugs or anything on me. So it was like that gives you the background. So anyways, when I was a teenager, I, I was going to do what I was going to do anyways. And I think I don't know if this is the entrepreneur thing in me as well, because I'm still that way. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I, my friends were going out, they were going to parties, they were doing things that teenagers do. And so for me, I was still going to do those things, but my parents weren't as, say, lenient as my other friend, where they would say, if you drink too much or if you do this, make sure you call me, I'm here for you. My parents weren't like that. It was very much, you don't do that. And so for me, doing what I'm going to do anyways, I still went out. But when all my friends went came or went home or got picked up from their parents or whatever it might be, I was way too terrified. I, I would rather stay outside or stay somewhere else, stay at a friend's house rather than go home. And so for me, I kept doing that. I would still go out with my friends, but I would just stay at a friend's house or I just wouldn't come home until the next morning. And so my parents, they thought I was 
like doing drugs on the street or lost in a gutter. You know what I mean? They were they think the worst of what a parent would think of a teenage daughter. And so to give you the very fast version of this story, I remember getting ready for school one day and my parents coming downstairs and saying, you're not going to be going to school today. We're actually going to be going to Vegas. We're going to be looking at real estate. And I was like, oh, cool. I don't have to go to school for a week. I get to go to Vegas. Like, that's amazing. Wow. I'm so lucky. And we get to Vegas and we have to, we stay in a hotel. It's beautiful. We stay in a nice hotel and then we have to get up really early. So we all kind of go to bed early and we wake up around five or six. It's something really early where now looking back, I'm like, that was a red flag. You don't look at real estate at five in the morning. (laughs) And so we get up, we get in the vehicle. It's probably, yeah, like six in the morning. The sun's not really up yet. And we're driving and they take me to this parking lot. And it's completely vacant. There's no cars there except for one red car is what I remember. And the energy really shifted at this point. it, It shifted in my parents. My aunt and uncle was with us as well. And I knew something was really off. The next thing I remember, because even to this day, my and I've been doing a lot of work through this, but my memory is still very spotty and kind of goes dark a little bit. And so what I remember next is these people getting out of the vehicle and putting me into their vehicle. So I remember trying to get out of the vehicle and it was almost like police locks. You can't get out the back. And I I remember looking back at my parents and my dad was just bawling and it was, I knew something was off. Fast forward through that, what actually ended up happening was these people took me to the National Monument in Utah. If you know what that is, it's where the Red Rocks and all of that kind of stuff is. I ended up going to a, basically like a, have you seen the show Brat Camp, Christy? I I think I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but like I I have a idea. Okay. So it was very much like that. It wasn't on TV, but it was very much like that, where it was just this, you, all these teenagers, there was about, I don't know, seven, eight of us live outside in the wilderness for two months. We don't have tents. We slept on the ground. I remember I woke up with a scorpion on my bed or my sleeping bag once. You slept like it sounded like coyotes were literally right next to you. And that went on for two months. And really the purpose of this, it was my parents sent me to this place because they didn't know what to do. And they just were like, my teenager's out of control. I don't know what to do. And so I ended up being there for two months. And then I went to, from there, I wasn't able to go home. The next step in this process is you have to go to a boarding school. And so my parents picked a boarding school for me in Montana Um, if you have heard of Paris Hilton story on Netflix, if your listeners have heard of that, if you haven't, definitely go watch it. It's insane, but it's the exact same thing that I did. So she went to something very, very similar. And basically what this boarding school was, was kind of like a reform. It's supposed to straighten your kid up and you do therapy. And the reason my parents chose this one in Montana was because they promised my parents I would have... Uh, an amazing education. I would be able to go to any college that I wanted to after this school. I would be going on outdoor trips. I would be going snowboarding. I'd be going camping. I'd be doing all these things that I love to do. And what ended up happening is we basically just did a lot of child labor. 
and went to school maybe two hours, three hours a day, not every day even. And there's a lot of abuse there. There's a lot of very traumatic things happening. I remember being, they would keep us in a room for days and days and days with no windows. And I remember one of the the workers there at this boarding school holding me down with a pillow in the dark and being like, this is your background. This is all the bad mistakes that you've ever done. You have to fight against this. It was that kind of traumatic. And what ended up happening is when I got out of that school, nothing transferred to credits. I basically lost a year of my schooling, even though they told my parents this was supposed to be this amazing college prep school probably one of the reasons these schools are being shut down. And it's a, like you said, it's a big reform now. If you go to breakingcodesilence.org, you can read all about it or look into it. But that is what ended up happening. And so after that school, I really spiraled. I didn't know who I was. I felt very lost. I couldn't talk to my parents because they sent me there. I couldn't talk to friends about it because they would literally never understand. Like there was just so much going on in there. And so I just kind of started spiraling. I went back home, lived lived back home with my parents. And where I lived at the time, 18 was the drinking age. And so I lived there until I was 18. I remember going out and going drinking with my friends when I went to a club. And I came home and my mom kicked me out. She's like, I don't care where you go, but you're not living here. And I didn't have anywhere to go because at that age, most of your friends at 18, they're still living with their parents. Like we're still in high school at that age, right? Most of us are. And so I didn't have anywhere to go. So I live basically in just a drug house with people that I had met in my party travels, I guess. You guys can't see me, but I'm doing like little quotes. Party travels. And I went and lived with them because I literally had nowhere else to go. And that's when things just really started spiraling for me worse. I was going out all the time. I was drinking all the time. um, And I was just really not in a great place. And so for for me, I the way I grew up, I was a very active person. I was in competitive soccer. I was always in sports. I loved, like I said, I loved hiking, camping, snowboarding, all the things. I was very active. And so while I was in this space of drinking and partying and going out every night, I still had that almost like highest level version of myself that I kind of held close to me, right? It was like, and it was almost at that time living a little bit of a lie because in my head, I was like, no, I'm, I'm this person. I love the gym. I go to the gym. I would stay out until four in the morning and then I'd go do a spin class the next day. I loved it, but I was kind of lying to myself and saying that I was healthy. And so for me, I, while I was in that spiral, I was really, I really held on to that version of me and I would still go to the gym. Like I said, I would still go to spin class and I would still do these things. And it, it was years and years and years of doing this. But slowly I kind of started realizing I can't keep going like this. I'm literally, I'm going to die or there's going to be something really, really bad that happens to me with the people I was hanging out with and all of the things. And so for me, I really used my health. And now that I look back at it, I really call it my best self. I never really called it that before, but I really truly did use that version of who I wanted to be even if I wasn't being that person and little by little was able to really pull myself out of that. And 
I think for me, it wasn't necessarily because this didn't work when I did this. So if I said, okay, I can't go out all week, I can't do this, I can't eat this, I can't do that because it, what does that really do? I think for me, I just kind of held on to who that person was um, and thought of little things like, okay, well, what does that person do? And as you're, as I'm starting to do these things, so maybe it's, uh, well, that person gets up early so they can make their class. That person is going to not go out tonight because they want to feel good for this class, whatever it is. There's all these little things. And slowly and slowly by implementing what I what my best self, what my future self version of me would do, it kind of disintegrated the other version of me over time. And I'm not saying this was a fast process for me. This was years. This was years and years. It wasn't until probably my mid-20s that I really, really got to this place. When I remember working, I got a really good job. It was a good salary, normal job. wasn't entrepreneurship or anything. It was a salary job. And I remember sitting in my office. And I was that person at this point who was always bringing my protein and always bringing my meals and like always going to the gym after work. And people kind of saw that. And I remember someone coming into my office because people would ask me all the time, oh, how do you do this? How do you like, what's your workouts? Or what are you eating? Why are you doing that? And I just got a lot of attention, I guess, from the way that I was kind of living that Tupperware life. And I remember one of my coworkers came in and she was asking me how I was doing all of these things and that I looked so great and she didn't know my background at all and that I had it all together and like she's like I could never do that like this is my life she was kind of just saying that she I don't even remember exactly what she was saying but she was basically just telling me that she would never be able to do that like so good for you that you can do that I could never do that and she was in an unhappy relationship her husband was always monitoring her money and just like everything like this and I just remember having this feeling of like you can do whatever the fuck you want you literally can do whatever the fuck you want you don't have to be your circumstance you can literally tell your husband you can take control of your money right now you can take control of your health right like you can do anything that you want and I just remember having this like fire inside of me talking to her and fast forward I she ended up being one of my first clients when I started my health coaching business so for me I just got so into this world and I was like you know what I've, I've been doing this for other people kind of like for free and like consulting I didn't really think that it could be a job and it's so funny that I say this now because I started working with online health coaches and personal trainers in 2014 so couple of years before I even started mine. I started mine in 2017. For some reason, I didn't even think that this could be a job of mine. And I kind of just took my own advice. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing this all the time anyways. Like, I'm just going to go for it. And she ended up being one of my first clients. And this is something that I really just went all in with, with my health coaching business was, you know, you can create you, you don't have to be your circumstance. You can get whatever you want in life. You can have whatever you want in life. And I mean, I had that business for years and years through that to multiple six figures. And now I'm doing the same with my online business coaching business. And really, it truly, I use these two principles as the, the guiding force with my clients and with my business. It always has to first stem from embodiment to me. And you have to have such a clear idea and clear picture of 
who it is that you want to be and then really reverse it, engineer everything else from there. So yeah. That's super incredible. I am literally like, wow, I cannot believe you went through all of this and still decided that that part of you was inside of you. And I think to me, that's what's so inspiring is I think a lot of people in your situation would look and say, well, this has happened to me. This has happened to me. This has happened to me. I'm just feeling right. Like Mm -hmm. you said, turned into drugs and kind of just sat there just being like, yep, this is where I am. So what, what for you was like that one thing I know you said, you know, you were able to listen to your highest self. How did that kind of show up for you? And how are you able to say, okay, this is where I am, but like, I'm going to fight to get out of Yeah, I think it's just, you know, I always had that in me that I always had this idea of who I wanted to be. Like growing up how I did and kind of coming from where I did, like I I just could never imagine myself being rock bottom. And especially when I was living with those people, I was like, I can't imagine being this way in my 30s. I can't imagine. Like some of them were in their mid-30s, late 30s. And I just couldn't imagine. And so I think for me, it's I don't necessarily know if I held if I knew how to hold on or what I was even doing, if I if it was the process of my best self work. But I always just knew that I really didn't want that life for me. And I had an idea of what I did want. And so I think just I kind of almost accidentally fell into it that I kept keeping up with those practices that that person would do. I'd still I'd go to the store and I'd buy the organic stuff or I'd buy the healthy stuff and I'd stock my fridge full of it, even if some days I would let it go to waste because I would party. But I would continually do these things because I knew that this was not where I wanted to be. So I'd almost act as if I was that person a lot of the time. Um, And I think that's where I kind of say like it can almost feel like a fake for a little bit. And I hate the phrase fake it until you make it. I do not love that phrase. But what I do say to my clients and what I use is embody it until it becomes a reality. And so I think that's truly what happened for me, even if I didn't know necessarily at that time that's that 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 was what I was doing. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And even the whole, you know, fake thing like there's a difference between putting on a show and like trying to feel a certain way because when you are embodying something your mind and your body you know train the rest of yourself okay I am embodying this this is now how my mind thinks and this is now how my brain thinks and so that is definitely something that we've heard a lot on if you want to embody something just kind of start teaching yourself that that's where you already are. So I know you kind of mentioned that some of the things you do to achieve that or think about what that highest self would achieve. Do you sit down and say, this is exactly what my highest self would be? Or is it more of a conceptual idea of they would do this? If someone's looking to start in this process, where where do we start with that? Oh, I love this question. So yeah, I have a very routine routine on this and this is actually something that you anyone can do I think a lot of people are like well I don't have time to do a morning routine or whatever and it's like yeah you mean you might it you might not have time to do how someone else is doing one but like for me for instance I just became a single mom I'm raising a my baby's six months old my routine before was like oh my gosh it was like two hours long in the morning now it's it looks a lot different, but I do not 
get rid of these two things that I'm about to tell you. So the first one is every single morning, or sometimes it has to move to the afternoon, but every single day, morning, preferably for me, is I will sit and I'll do what's called future writing. So I'll just write out things like, I am so grateful that I have this as if it's already happening. So I'm so grateful that I have my lake house. I'm so grateful that I was able to buy my family a house here so they could always be with me and my daughter. I am so grateful that fill in the blanks. And And is this just like a stream of consciousness? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's not anything. I'm not looking at a script or any kind of thing that I'm filling out. This is just really what's coming to me in that morning. And I'll usually just start with the gratitudes to kind of like kick myself off. And then I'll just write as if it's already happening. So I'll say things like, oh, I loved being able to wake up this morning and I got in my brand new Range Rover and drove to the gym and I came back and I had coffee on the lake overlook or my patio overlooking the lake, like things like that, that you're just kind of trying to first tap into the emotion. And that's the important part of this. So if anyone here is looking to start, it's really getting to the emotion of it and then also looking at who is around you because we don't have, I mean, getting to a goal, especially in business, especially big goals, right? Multiple six figures, seven figures, like those are big goals. Getting to a big goal is really hard if you don't have a purpose behind it. And if you just say, like if you ask someone and you say, what's your purpose behind your business? Oh, well, I want to make $7 million, (laughs) whatever. It's like, okay, but when things get really hard or when you're kind of in that business thickness that we all experience, there's no there's no emotion there there's no why there and so for me or or you might think that you have it but you're not tapped into it enough like you're not constantly reminding yourself of it and so when you every day can do some future writing and you sit and you get into the emotion you really almost can write and then close your eyes after and be able to feel like you're there that is the goal here is so that you can close your eyes and actually feel what it feels like to be in your future be able you to literally see. saying those things make me like I'm already calmer. Yeah. I already feel like my body yeah. reacting to those, which is wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's so important. It's like if you can do that every single day, you're kind of already halfway there, right? Like you're already there. Your mind really doesn't know the difference. It's the emotion. And so when you can feel that emotion every single day and really bring yourself back to that, you're almost resetting and you're almost just positioning yourself to attract the things that are needed for that to happen. And not. And I also say this too, it's not like a business is built by just attraction, right? Like we have to have strategy behind it. We have to do these other things. But what this really does is it puts you in a place for you to make the decisions that are needed for you to get to that place. You're going to put yourself around people who are doing more than you or you're going to invest in that next team member that maybe you've been putting off because you are putting yourself in that emotion and you're really looking at what does this look like and then you can kind of reverse engineer what needs to happen. So that's the first one. The second one that I do and this is every day as well. These are just the two is I get ahead of my day. So I'll really create my day in my journal. So I'll kind of think of what's coming down the line. 
for me, we have a co-parenting relationship now, which is like a big stressor. And so you want to look at things like what's what could potentially be stressful for you today, what's coming down the line. And you almost want to write your day out as if you're getting ahead of it. And also, how are you going to handle that situation? So you're just kind of getting ahead of these things. Maybe you have a stressful client call that's coming up. Maybe someone just, you know, you, you have to have a hard conversation. Get ahead of it. Imagine yourself in that already so that that big elephant in the room of anxiety is just kind of gone. Like you're almost putting yourself in that first. You're being prepared for it. And you can really design your day because if you leave your day up to chance every single day, I mean, your days make up your weeks, your weeks make up your months, your months make up your years. If you're just leaving your days to chance every single day, you don't really know where you're going to be at the end of the year. But at least if you can take some time every morning, tap into these emotions and then also get ahead of your day, look at exactly what you're going to do in your business, how you're going to handle things in your life, you're going to get ahead of it and you're going to just, you're going to get where you want to be. I love that. And I love that it kind of comes full circle to like your whole story as childhood. You say, I can do whatever I want. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever. And I hear those same parallels here with you saying, well, I can create my day and I can Mm -hmm. create my life to be however I want it. That's so cool to me that there's such a parallel between You've always felt this way and you stuck strong to that feeling. And now you've been able to leverage that for your benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things. And it, this this is what I my whole business is premised about is it's helping people create a life they love. And in order to create a life you love, you have to take control of your life. You have to take control of your business, whatever it is. You have to just do the thing. And that's the hardest part for a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of your business, if there are people listening who are like, oh my gosh, love everything I heard. I want to create a business that I love as well. Where can people find you or how can they work with you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at page underscore Vandy. I have everything going on all the time in there. Um, And right now I actually have a couple of ways to work with me. So in June, we have our Next Level CEO Mini Minds coming out. That's a nine-week container, and it's really looking at basically what we talked about here. It's really looking at the embodiment piece and really kind of setting up your life to support a multiple six-figure business, a six-figure, multiple six-figure business. And we're kind of going behind the scenes of everything you need to do both in life and business to get there. Um, and I also have my best self entrepreneur accelerator, which is for newer coaches. So if you haven't started a business yet, you want to get started. I do have the waitlist open for that. We don't have our next enrollment until August, but I do have the waitlist open for that guy. And I also have a podcast. It is the hashtag best self entrepreneur podcast. Amazing. So to our listeners, I will link all those in the show notes below and you can be sure to connect with Paige. And make sure that you are adding her on Instagram, you're tagging her in all of these exciting things because we want to see how you guys are using this information that we're bringing you to create your version of the best self. And I and Paige would both be so honored to see how you are able able to create your dream life based on this information that we are giving you. So Paige, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. I know we've really appreciated it and learned so much. Thank you for having me. It was great. Perfect. So to our CEO listeners, thank you for being here and we'll see you next week.